Welcome to the Access Church Podcast. Grab out your note sheet and let's jump right into today's sermon. All right. Hey, um, as every week, what we do, it's not just a monologue. This is a dialogue and kind of gets our brains going this morning. We're going to be jumping in. If you have your Bibles, we're in John 14. We're going to take two weeks to be in John 14. We're in last week and we're going to look at Something else that Jesus talks about today that's very important in our lives. So John 14, if you want to get your app ready. Uh, by the way, speaking of apps, we are so legit now because before to find our church app, you had to like go through an app store that wasn't app. It was complicated. You can literally just look up Access Church. We are the green icon. It's green and then it says AC, black. So on all kinds of devices, easy to download. Uh, our worship songs are on there. And so you don't just have to stand there. You can actually see the words and things like that. Uh, and then also you can write sermon notes straight through on your phone. So you don't have to deal with paper, uh, all that kind of good stuff. Our events are on there. You can sign up. So the app makes it very easy. You can give through it. So um, check that out and uh, have that on your phone. And also I think there's a Bible on there too. So just it's all in one, makes it really, really easy. Uh, all right, what we're going to do is... We're a little bit spread out, but we're going to get around little table groups again for a uh, discussion. And so if you want to be in groups of like, you know, anywhere from four to six, but find some people that look relatively nice, make some eye contact there, smile this morning, but uh, uh, group around the table. If you don't know each other, um, go ahead and go around and give each other's names, but go ahead and let's group up right now. Everybody find some people to talk to. All right. Find some people to talk to. It's okay. We can be interactive this morning. All right. So we're going to go ahead and so to warm us up, to get us going. This this season that we're we've been in and we're kind of coming out of it, it produced a lot. In, in different fashions. And one of the things that a lot of people did is binge watch shows or even uh, you go down that rabbit trail on YouTube at two o'clock in the morning, we should be sleeping and you're checking things out or, or even music. So, so share with the group, go ahead and share your name. And then what was your favorite over the last year? What was your favorite either like, like music that you binged on or TV show or movies like like we went Marvel crazy over we just we just watched them over and over. so what was your binge TV show or something on YouTube or music what'd you binge on over the last year okay so go ahead and go around the group everybody share what they binge on be honest don't act like you didn't binge either go for it all right hey what what were some of the surprises that you heard of or that or that yourself like i heard saint elsewhere from it's old school. i'm like what, what what what's that on is that on um hulu wow some of these binge things like it just brings up memories what are other things that you guys either heard or that you binged on say what oh stranger things you guys are going old school all right yeah of wait of what Arrow? I I don't I'm, I'm I don't know what that is. Oh Netflix. What else? 
What about from that table way out there, the rebels out there, the people in the back row? Oh, office. That's a good one. I'm sure, yeah, that's one you just go over and over and over again, all those comedies. Did anybody give the Christian answer of, oh, I just binged on prayer. I just binged on prayer the whole time, you know? <laughs> the Christian answer. Oh, yeah, when the lockdown first happened, we played hours and hours of Quiddler. So, and yeah, that was tough for my wife. She lost a lot, but it's okay. We worked through it. We did some counseling, and we're good. So, <laughs> Quiddler? Uh, it's a card game. Uh, it's kind of like Scrabble and Rummy together. So, and that's why I was so good is I'm amazing with my vocabulary. So, <laughs> I would I would do words all the time, and I had to ask them like, "Is this a word?" Just to get points and all that kind of stuff. So I didn't know what I was doing. But all right, here we go. Topic today. You ready? Now we're gonna get deep. Share our deepest, darkest. No, we're not. When you hear the word. Holy Spirit, what is the feeling or thought that the first thing, Holy Spirit, feeling, thought, question, imagery, what does that word bring up for you? Holy Spirit and discuss. What's your first thoughts or feelings or questions when you hear the, that word, Holy Spirit, or those two words? Go for it. All right, guys. I know the discussion's going well. For the sake of time, though, I feel like it's getting colder, too. It's not getting warmer. What is going on? The day's supposed to get warmer, not colder. My sermon's going to get shorter and shorter. Is this... That's a lie. You guys know me. If you know me, you know me. That's, that's impossible. Um, all right. Each table, I'd like to hear from you as far as uh, someone sharing. What were things that you either heard or that you shared? Like, what were things that were brought up? So you can either just shout out or whatever. But I, I want to hear from everybody. Imagery, questions, words. I already heard a few mysterious, you know, and, and abstract. And someone said, you know, personal. And so uh, what, what, or feelings. So give it to me. Yeah. Holy Spirit, accessible like a cell phone. <laughs> like that's very creative imagery. So I actually like that better than my sermon. Darn it. All right. What else? Teacher, yes. Teaches us. Yep. Soul filling. Nice. Peace and comfort. Say what? He communicates. What else? Give me more. This is good. Say what? Christmas Carol? Okay. It's interesting the different imagery and words that it brings up. Yeah. Triangle. Going Trinitarian. Nice. Let me go. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, what'd you say? Handy Manny. Wasn't that a little kid's show? <laughs> so deep, so profound. Thank you, Ryan. Yeah, yeah. I'd expect nothing less of our worship team than 
Anything else? Wait, say what? A guide guides us? A strainer? Oh, very, man. You guys are very profound this morning. That's awesome. Good stuff. Um, say what? A caddy. Helps you to read the putts and know what you're doing. Oh, you're, you're pointing. You're pointing. Is there a good one? Another good one? Oh, your dad stole your nice. <laughs> Mine was caddy. Um, I want to give you the main. Here's what I want to do. I want to give you the main point as I do every week. This is the main thing that I feel like the passage wants to get across. So you can write that down or whatever you want to do or eventually put it on a tattoo on your back, something like that. You know, whatever you want to do with this. I'm going to give you the main point. I'm going to pray so you can either sit where you're at or if you need to readjust. We have one more, couple more things to announce, some cool things uh, as a church, what we're doing. And then we're going to jump into the passage. That's what we're doing. Here's the main point for today. The main point that I think Jesus wants us to understand is real peace, real peace, which means there's a counterfeit fake peace. Real peace comes from who's in you, not what's happening around you. Real peace comes from who's in you, not what's happening around you. That's the opposite of the world's peace where everything needs to be, it depends on what's happening around you. The world is the opposite. It's the main point of today. Let me pray. You can readjust. If you want to sit where you're at, if you need to move around, then uh, we'll get into a couple announcements and then jump into the passage. Jesus, thank you so much that you are a God who's personal. You are a God who's interactive. You're not, you're mysterious, but you're still approachable. And there's a wonder about you, but there's also the ability to really know you. And Jesus, if you didn't come here to this earth, we would never know who God is. We'd be, making, we'd be making it up as all religions do. We just make things up. But Jesus, you came to say, no, 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 no. I'm going to show you who God is. And I'm going to speak because I am God so that you can know the way, the truth, and the life. And we're just thankful, God. And so I, I pray that today would impact our lives powerfully and comfort us greatly in this life, Jesus. Praise in your name. Amen. Uh, hey, a couple things. Uh, one is we have a, a lunch after church today. We'd love for you guys to stick around. It's kind of a family time, uh, you know, as far as just us uh, looking at what does it mean to kind of open up more as a church. We need to hear some feedback from you because your answers help us to know kind of at what level we can kind of open things back up. Uh, so there'll be some practical things. I want to share kind of just some things as a church, kind of where we're at and just um, kind of where we're going and what we're thinking about as leaders and uh, to give you the ability to give us feedback and ask questions um, and just make sure we're all on the same page, keep us kind of unified moving forward. So we're in a great place as a church. We're very fortunate in so many ways. And so um, we just want to continue that discussion. So we got some, uh, to uh, bribe you, we got some really good Mexican food. And so nobody can leave Mexican. I don't care. Even if you don't like it, you're going to eat it. And so um, so we'll be doing that right after church. It'll be short. It'll be like 30, 45 minutes. It's not going to be a long uh, meeting. So I just want to give you a heads up on that. The other thing is, um, one of the things I love about our church is just, we've always been a generous church. 
And I really appreciate it. I don't like being a part of stingy churches. Um, and, and I'm talking, you know, when it comes to, you know, just financially, like we're really blessed. Like I was really concerned when we shut down, I didn't know where our finances would be um, for what we could do as a church, what we could afford, all kinds of that. And we've stayed in the black. Our savings, just so you know, has not dwindled, even with our trailer being stolen, buying new stuff. And so, um, and that's not just to make us comfortable as a church, though. It helps us to be generous, uh, helping people in need, um, but also just practically like, um, you know, Debbie, when you went in for surgery and then we put the meals up and seen people give meals. And just so you know, if you're a part of that kind of a thing and you think, oh, it's no big deal, you know, that really encourages uh, the person being loved on, but also just when people hear about it and wanting to be a part of a community like that. Um, so God has blessed us. And so I talked to the elders and oh, I, I, oh, I don't know if you get, I didn't, want, I, 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 didn't want to I didn't see all your fingers. That's where I was like, what's going on, bro? <laughs> Yeah. 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 And, and, and that generosity is going to be one of the words I talk about at our meeting today, being a generous church, because God's given us so much. Um, and, uh, and so we're going to continue that. But, um, so one of the things I talked to the elders about is because we've been best financially, I'm like, hey, what do we do with this? We don't want to just keep letting savings go up and up. You know, we want to be able to bless and love. And uh, so kind of pray and think about it. And um, sometimes we're always doing things outside the church and we don't love within the church. And so uh, we have an opportunity. Uh, and I already talked to her, but Diane, who uh, was in a car accident, thank God, okay, and recovering and all that kind of stuff. But she lost her car. And she needs that not just to get around, but she uses that for work and things like that. And so uh, we've spoken. And so I, what I want you to know is that as a church, uh, we're going to help her to buy a car uh, in the next few weeks. So we're super stoked about that. And, and uh, the other thing I'm super stoked about is Diane's been very faithful to our church, prays weekly on our Wednesday morning, 8 a.m. We still do our prayer. If you're available on Wednesday morning, 8, we pray for the church. Dan's faithful. She's prayed for my family personally for, that feels like 10 years or so. I mean, it's been a long time, maybe longer, but she'll text me every once in a while. and just like, you know, praying for her, um, faithful to serve and, and all that. And so I feel like it's one of those things where that's an easy call. And so um, just so you know, um, we're going to uh, do that. And so as you give this month, um, that's going to be practically helping her. And we're going to um, make sure she gets a car that works. I told her, don't go cheat. Get a car that works. You don't have to take in and, and things like that. And so that'll be a representative of, uh, of our love for you, Diane. So, um, yeah. So just so you know, that's what we're going to be doing this month. And so we're, we're happy, happy to be able to help her. So, yeah. So you're welcome. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, Diane can go home. Yeah. Thank you. I'm going home. You'll be walking. You don't have the car yet. So, yeah, you got to wait. <laughs> John chapter 14. If you want to make sure you're in the there, we last week we started off and and uh there's there's two key Jesus talks about a lot in John 14, but there's kind of two key sentences or uh, a paragraph in there that that everything else kind of hangs on it. Remember last week we talked about heaven, but we talked about in light of this. He starts off in verse one where he says, Do not let your hearts be troubled. 
Do not let your hearts be troubled, which means it's a choice. You can choose to live with everything being, tr- you know, there's always something going to be troubling. You know, we, I was talking about this with someone else. We're like, man, what a crazy season. I wonder what 21 is going to be like. I'm like, we will find out as a society something else to be troubled about. And in 2022, we'll find something else to be troubled about. It could be financial. It could be physical. It could be, we're always, as people, we're always troubled about something. And Jesus says, listen, have that heavenly perspective. Get your head out of this world and what's happening here and to me and this and get it focused on heaven. And and that'll help kind of calm things down. It's like, no, you're going somewhere really cool. And so you're just kind of traveling through here. So don't get sucked into the things that the world does. And then he reiterates this in in another way too, where this is the focus, John 14, 27. We're going to reverse engineer. I'm going to start in 27 and work backwards. But let's start in uh, John 14, 27. I want to break this verse down. Jesus says this, check this out. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. What's the key word there? I like to do this. What's the key word? Peace? No, that's too obvious. No. Who said my? Justin, well done. Well, oh, we got a couple. couple. I'll give you guys credit. All right, right on. Jesus has a peace that he wants to give to you. Not just any peace. But his peace, I'm going to leave you, but it's, it's a supernatural, godly peace, not something humans can manufacture. Well, how's he going to do that? Well, we're going to explain it, but he says this, he says, my peace, I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Now he says that because there's going to be things in life that are going to trouble your heart and soul. And there's going to be things that will try to bring up fear but they're manufactured. The world manufactures fear. And he says, no, 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 I give you a peace, but you're going to come against things that will try to make you live a life of anxiety and fear and trouble. But he says, I've overcome all those things. And look at all that Jesus went through. I mean, you think about just from his life as far as just from the beginning, right? He had someone trying to kill him as a baby. Your life's not starting off well when someone's trying to murder you right away, right? Family's on the run. At some point, his dad passes away, and so he knows what it's like to lose. I mean, if you go through anything, Jesus knows everything. I've lost a family member. Jesus lost a family member. I've been made fun of. He's been made fun of. I've been persecuted. He's been persecuted. I've been hungry. He's been hungry. I've been poor. He was poor his whole life, which is always funny to me, the prosperity gospel. God wants you rich and good looking. And it's like, uh, did you not read the Bible? Like the son of God was poor. You think if anyone's going to be rich, it's going to be him. Different topic, though. I won't get on that. All right. And so everything that, that he went to, but he had a, a, a peace through it all. This reminds me, remember the storm when I was on the boat and the disciples were freaking out? And why were they frustrated? Because he was asleep. They were afraid of waves. And then Jesus woke up and remember what he did? He just said, stop. Stop. <laughs> they stopped. Disciples like, whoa, we're dealing with a whole different dude here. He had a peace. When we freak out about things, God doesn't freak out, but he wants to give us that kind of peace. It's different than the world's peace. The world's peace is temporary and counterfeit. The world's peace, it doesn't last long. That's where the world gives us an addictive peace. You need this drug. You need this 
relationship. You need this romantic interest. You need this product. You need this TV show. But you notice we just consume and then we need something else. You need to look this way. You need this and it doesn't last. And it's a counterfeit peace. It appears authentic, but it's not. Where God gives us an eternal and authentic peace. It's real. It lasts. And it lasts forever. What's interesting is when you break this down, I want to make sure that we're defining this the same. The word peace, just so you know, that word, when he speaks that, it means this. It means emotional tranquility and relational unity. That's what peace means. So it means that there's an emotional tranquility there. There's a, it, that there's a resting in the midst of chaos. I'm going to explain why. But there's a sense of my, my heart and my soul don't go to absolute fear or out-of-control anxiety. But also that peace means that it's a, a relational unity. The peace Jesus leaves us is that there's, there's a, uh, a relational peace to it. When he says that um, do not let your hearts be troubled, that word means agitation. It means that your heart is always stirred up. It's not restful. It's always, right? He says, don't, don't let your heart be that where it's constantly agitated. Any of us that watch the news too much probably know what that's like, right? I remember um, this was early on, I think, in our, our marriage, but uh, I had to stop watching news. I was, I, and I'm the kind of person, I debate the TV like they can hear me too, like I start talking to them. It's like, nobody can hear you. <laughs> Yelling. And then it ruined dinner. And then it ruined my mood, right? And then I would do that to myself again the next day. It's like, why are you doing that to yourself? What if you turned it off? I'm like, oh. Because what's amazing is I can't change anything by yelling at the TV. But I lived with this constant anxiety. Why? Because the world wants to create anxiety because anxiety creates dependence. If you're fearful about something, you're always going to want to know more about it. So tell me more, tell me more. And so it draws us into something that almost kind of hooks us and we can constantly have an agitated heart. Have you ever lived at that state or have you ever known someone that lives like at a, emotionally at a seven or eight where they're just always one little click away from just snapping? And what happens is we look at the, like, oh, they snapped. And what we don't look at is, yeah, but you're living at a seven or eight with anxiety or fear or anger. And Jesus says, I want to actually heal that. I want to take care of that. And that I can because Jesus had this peace. He says, now don't be troubled and do not be afraid. That word afraid um, actually doesn't mean like to have fear in your heart, just so you know, to, like the emotional, to be scared. That word afraid means to be cowardly or where you're paralyzed so you're unable to obey. That's what that word means. So afraid doesn't mean that's like, ah, I'm a little like, ah. You know, kind of like, I don't know if I, afraid means that you're actually, the word literally means cowardly. What he's saying, the peace that I give you will give you the ability that even when you're a little bit scared to trust God, you're not paralyzed. You move forward in obedience and trusting him. So he says, don't be cowardly. Don't be paralyzed by fear. Don't live with an agitated heart where you're living at a seven or eight. He brings a peace that brings you down to a one. <laughs> now, how does he do this? 
Let's go backwards, reverse, reverse engineering, right? We started with 27. He leaves us peace. How does he do that? Go to 1426. He does this by the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. He sends us the Holy Spirit. Now, what's interesting is the Holy Spirit has a lot of different names. I encourage you this week. I didn't give you all the verses, but I always tell you guys that there's this website called BibleGateway.com, and there's other ones where you can literally just type in a word and then look at all the verses that the Bible brings up. I encourage you, take time tonight or just when you're just kind of chilling, go on Bible Gateway or some site and just type in Holy Spirit and look at all the different names the Holy Spirit's given. Some of you guys brought it up today. But this one here that Jesus brings up is the advocate. How cool to have an advocate. It's actually a, a judicial term, just so you know. An advocate is someone that speaks on your behalf and speaks for you. If any of us have been in court, and I won't have you share if you've been in court, but some of us have participated in the judicial system at some point in our lives, and so we know what that's like. And we know what it's like when, and I've, I, um, I've visited a lot of people in jail and in the prison system. In fact, I still talk to, uh, I'll bring up a, a name, but Albert, you guys know that a guy I've been visiting for years in, in Riverside County Jail, he got moved, so I talk to him on the phone now. But he's still, he hasn't even had a court hearing after two and a half years. There's been no sentencing. There's been no judgment. He's just in the courts for two and a half years. And I talked to him like, brother, how you doing? And here's the thing. He's like, my, my lawyer keeps saying, I'm going to get off. I'm going to get up, right? But he doesn't have an advocate or someone that really cares about him, right? To speak on his behalf and really, and when you don't have an advocate, you can feel like you're in prison, what Jesus is saying is you have an advocate. In Romans, it goes on to talk about, if you, if you read all the different things the Holy Spirit does, like, well, how is he the advocate? The Bible actually says that when you don't know what to pray for, you've been in that point in life, you don't know what to pray for. You're like, I don't know what's happening internally in me or what's going on around me, but I just, it says that the Holy Spirit, when you don't know what to pray, goes to the Father and prays on your behalf. The Holy Spirit goes to the Father and talks to him on your behalf. The Holy Spirit is personal and thinks about you. The Holy Spirit, he is not an it. He is a living being, an advocate. It's not some like Star Wars force. The Holy Spirit is not like some jello just kind of floating, you know, in this, this spiritual realm. He's, he's a person, just as real as Jesus, just as real as the Father. And I'm not going to go into the Trinity, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. But the three are distinctly separate, but united as one. So we believe in one God. The Holy Spirit's part of that. He, active, personal, an advocate. His role is to be for you. And when you don't know what to do is to help you through. Jesus says the advocate, the Holy Spirit, the Father will send in my name. That means the Holy Spirit his role is to basically advocate Jesus in you and through you. The Holy Spirit, just so you know, will always make Jesus great, which is really important because some of us grew up in churches, including myself. I've been a part of churches where the Holy Spirit, people use the Holy Spirit to promote gifts and craziness 
and laughing and all these behaviors. Like that's the real mark of the Holy Spirit. And the Bible doesn't say that. The mark of the Holy Spirit is someone that looks like Jesus and promotes Jesus. The Holy Spirit promotes Jesus and Jesus promoted God the Father. That's how they all work together. So Jesus says that, that I will send him in my name and his role will be to teach you all things, remind you of everything. Just so you know, uh, Paul writes about this in Corinthians saying, hey, if you want to understand the Bible, it's not just this intellectual endeavor where it's like, oh, do I, do I need a theology degree? Do I need to know the Greek? And all that? No, no, no. You need the Holy Spirit. He's, he says that the Holy Spirit helps you to understand spiritual things that without the Holy Spirit, you can't understand the Bible. You can't understand truth. You, can't, you just can't comprehend it. It's not an intellectual endeavor. It's a spiritual one. And the Holy Spirit's job is to help you to understand spiritual things and to really get it. And I think that helps some of us that aren't super into school and getting, you know, maybe intellect is not something that we were endowed with by God a lot, right? Because sometimes we can make being spiritual an intellectual endeavor. He says, no, 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 no. It's a Holy Spirit thing. So when you don't understand something, ask God for wisdom, right? And the Bible says, and he will give it to you. John, or Jesus goes on to even explain this even more. Let's go to the verses before this now. 15 through 21. It kind of builds on where Jesus was going with this. This is what Jesus says in John 14, 15 through 21. This is before he said all these things. He says this, if you love me, keep my commands. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. The Spirit of truth. Now think about that, forever. That means the Holy Spirit will be with you forever. That means in this life and the life to come. The Holy Spirit will be there as an advocate and will be in you and a part of you. He says he's the Spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, check this out, for he lives with you and will be in you. This is where peace comes from. This is a crazy concept. If you ever wonder when Christianity gets weird, this is when it gets weird. It gets, yeah. Well, it gets mysterious, but I want to say for some of us, it gets weird. If you're not a Christian, you're like, uh-oh, I'm a part of a cult, right? Because if we've grown up in Christianity right now, we're like, oh, yeah, that's cool. God's with me. And God's in me. It's like, did you just hear what we just said? God is in you, not just with you. This is why it's important. This is what separates Christianity from every other world religion and philosophy. Because God is either outside of me or not just outside of me. He's way out there and you kind of don't know who he is. So you're kind of fearful of him. And that's where you get all these extreme religions where it's like, well, because I don't know, I don't know if he's likable or if he's going to like me. So I'm going to do extreme things. So you got these religions around the world that they cut themselves and offer blood as far as like, you know, the gods or they do something extreme. Or we're going to fast for two months and to, so that, you know, like we're begging him to like us because he's out there. Christianity. Only world religion. And I say religion, not in a bad way, but I'm saying in, in a good way. No, no, no. God loves you so much, he puts his spirit in you. This is where the peace comes from. This makes sense when he says, if God is for you, who can be against you? Whatever you come up 
financially, whatever you come up with relationships, whatever you come up with uh, in sickness, whatever you come up with in life, God is in you. And if Jesus defeated death and resurrected from the power of the Holy Spirit, that Holy Spirit's in you. That's a game changer. Here's the problem is as I say that, some of us are like, Brian, I do not feel like if you knew my life, if you knew how I spoke this morning, if you know how, what I thought about last night, if you knew what I drank last night, if you knew how I treated people, I don't feel like the Holy Spirit's in me. And he's, here's, here's where faith is. He's not asking you to feel the Holy Spirit. He's asking you to trust that he's in you. It's a faith. But it's also one of those things that's a game changer as far as that. That's where it makes sense where he says, yeah, hey, don't be drunk on wine, but be filled with the Spirit. Don't, and, and then in Ephesians 5, right? Ephesians 4, uh, yes, I think it's Ephesians 4 and 5. You should read your Bible to double check me, all right? But I think Ephesians 4 says, um, do not be uh, drunk on wine, but be filled with the Spirit. And just so you know, it's not like, okay, well, I can be drunk on beer then, not wine, right? You know, it's not a literal thing. What he's saying, yeah. Because what he's saying is don't be filled with something that then the Holy Spirit can't fill you. Don't be filled with greed. Money, 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 money. Things, 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 things. Nicer, 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 where it never ends. And you're not giving. Because the Holy Spirit is a giver, not a taker. Make room for that, right? Uh, filled with lust. Filled with anger. Filled with anxiety. Watch what you feel because... Your heart and mind only have a certain capacity. Only so much can fill it up. Watch what you allow in because you're bumping out the Holy Spirit. Then Ephesians 5 says, do not grieve the Holy Spirit because that grieves when he can't be a part of your life because he's in you. I don't feel him. The Bible doesn't say you have to feel him. You believe. If the Holy Spirit's in me, that, this is where it's powerful. That means that I'm never alone, which is two things. One, that's encouraging. You're never alone. God is in you. But two, there's a little bit of accountability of that's where he says, listen, your body's, your body's the temple of God. Now it makes sense. Oh, the temple. So be careful what you do with it because now you're exposing God to things as, as you do them. So watch what you listen to. Watch what you look at. All of a sudden, the desire for sin and rebellion, I'm like, whoa, do I, want, do I literally want to bring God in with this? He's in me. There's a sense of holiness. There's a sense of, does it, it changes things where he's not just a God out there, but he's a God within. This is powerful if we really believe it and not just read it. You know him because he lives with you and will be in you. He's, and Jesus says, I will not leave you as orphans. I'll come to you through the Holy Spirit. He says, before long, the world will not see me anymore, but you will see me because I am alive. Because I live, you will also live. On that day, you will realize that I am in the Father. Just so you know, too, when people are like, well, Jesus never claimed to be God. Here's the passage. So you can't believe that Jesus is just like some good prophet guy. Like when people make him out, you know, to be like, oh yeah, you know, Jesus was a good guy. He actually claimed to be God. So he's either crazy or he, he's going to change your life. But he wasn't some like good teacher or good more. He claimed to be God. It's right here. He says, I am in the father. And then he says, and you are in me and I am in you. Jesus is in 
you. This is why it makes sense why Jesus doesn't want you just to know him, but he wants to transform you to be like him. That's the goal of Christianity. The goal of Christianity is not for you to accumulate a bunch of Christian knowledge. You don't get there and it's not the person uh, that's the smartest gets into heaven. It's not going to be a test where you got to mark off all these boxes. Did you know the Old Testament? Did you know the New Testament? Woo, amen. Nothing. You can be the smartest and never make it into heaven. Why? Because you know what Jesus is going to say when we look at him? He said it in Matthew. Do I know you? Do I know you? How does he know if he knows me? Is he in you? Did you allow him into your heart and soul? Did you walk with him? Did you listen to him when the Holy Spirit said, stop doing that? And not just stop doing that, but did you listen when the Holy Spirit said, go do that? When the Holy Spirit tried to point you to truth, when the Holy Spirit tried to bring you peace, did you allow that? And so he says that whoever has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me. So he says, I'm in you. Whoever has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me. The one who loves me will be loved by my father, and I too will love them and show myself to them. Whoever keeps my commands. You remember what we spoke about a couple weeks ago? What was the new command that he gave? Nobody remembers the sermon. I don't remember the sermon either, so I don't Love others as I have loved you. That's the new command. And he says, I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit now is going to guide you into loving other people the way God loves us. This is, when we understand this, it puts so many other passages, it makes sense. So many other Bible verses now, it makes sense if God is, in me. I think of like Philippians 2, where Philippians 2.13 says, for God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. How is God working in me? It's the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit every day will work in you to give you the desire and he'll give you the power to do what pleases God. That's the advocate. That's what he's shooting for. He's going to work in you. He's going to give you desires. And here's the key thing. This is our JQ challenge. We're talking about our Jesus quotient each week. Our JQ challenge is this, to listen and follow the Holy Spirit this week. Listen for the Holy Spirit. Slow down. The anxiety, the fear, the rush. Turn off the news. Stop binge watching that show, whatever it is. But, but just listen. Listen for the spirit to say, I want to give you a certain desire to be loving, to be serving, to be generous, to be repenting, to change this because it pleases God. The Holy Spirit wants to be the main voice in our life and that main voice is what gives us peace. This is why 2 Timothy 1.7 says this, for the spirit of God uh, for the spirit God gave us does not make us timid, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. 2 Timothy 1.7. For the spirit God gave us does not make us timid. What does the Holy Spirit do? Gives us power, love, and self-discipline. Power means gives us the ability to make changes in this world. You have power. God is in you. 
That means your words carry more weight than anyone else. That means your actions can carry weight. He gives you a, a, a power to make change in your workplace, in your relationships, in your marriages, raising kids. There's a, there's a power. It's not just a, 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 a physical influence. It's not just a natural influence that our world does, but we do it at a supernatural level. Why? Because the Holy, it's not because of me, because I'm more powerful. The Holy Spirit's in me and gives me a power now to make changes, to do ministry, to make an impact. But he also, he gives us the Holy Spirit to love, to love as God has loved. How am I going to love? How do I forgive someone that hurts me so badly? Because Jesus forgave people that wounded him and spit on him and mocked him. And some of those people became part of the early church and he forgave them. How do I do that? The Holy Spirit will give me all of a sudden a heart for people that I never had a heart for before. It's a supernatural thing, but I have to slow down. I have to listen, and then I have to begin to follow as the Holy Spirit leads me in power and in love and in self-discipline. The Holy Spirit will help me to become more self-disciplined, to say no to certain things because it's not a benefit. And though I want it, it's not what is going to benefit me. That's what self-discipline is. That This is all that he does for us as he works in us. Jesus says this is where peace comes from. And I believe for us today to have peace, we need to stop looking outside of ourselves and look within to who's in us. Does that give you peace to know that as you walk out, I was going to say these doors, but as you walk through, as you go about your week, that God is in you. No matter what happens to you, God is in you and he's your advocate and he's working not to make you powerful, but to make God powerful through you. Not for you to love the way you want to love, but to have God's love flow through you and to help you be self-disciplined. To me, that almost brings an excitement. It also helps too, as far as even if you're alone, you're never lonely. Even if you're alone, you're never lonely. God is with you. God is in you. And God is for you. So this is our JQ challenge, Jesus quotient challenge this week. To listen and walk with the Holy Spirit. And I encourage you to do this. Look up those Bible verses of the Holy Spirit and see maybe where God has one where he wants you to latch on to. Right? Maybe it's Galatians 5 where he says, uh, walk with the Spirit and not with your flesh. For the fruits of the Spirit are love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. Maybe the Holy Spirit will walk you through being patient or kind or loving this week. But check out all the different things that the Bible talks about the Holy Spirit and see which way the Holy Spirit wants to work things out in your heart and mind this week as you listen to him, as you walk with him, because you have an advocate who has really good plans for you. But are you listening? Are you creating room in your heart and your mind for him to be able to speak and lead and encourage you from internal things, not external things? And here's what's amazing is what I find when I do this. I find in my life, many times when I become anxious, I can already see that I'm not listening to the Holy Spirit. Usually I'm getting too busy or I'm allowing too many voices that aren't the right voices. God doesn't want to just be one voice in your life. He wants to be the primary voice. And I believe when that happens and we prioritize that, you're going to see that whatever's happening, your circumstances around you, 
You're not going to be paralyzed in fear. You're not going to be living at a seven or eight. You're going to bring things down. And people are going to notice that. And if you have the peace of God within you, you're going to bring able to bring the peace of God to the those around you. So in our groups this week, by the way, connection groups, we have about three more weeks. If you want to get in a connection group, we're going to be taking a break in a few weeks and then we'll offer them again so you can jump in the connection groups. But this is going to be your discussion this week. So I hope we show up to groups ready to discuss what was it like listening and following the Holy Spirit and how is he our advocate. And so uh, we're going to have a great discussion this week. Worship team, let's come on up and as we worship, just so you know, the reason why we have worship at the end is so that I can shut up and then allow the Holy Spirit to maybe speak to you through worship. So as we worship, be listening. Be listening. Maybe the Holy Spirit through these songs wants to speak something to you. Or that's why we have communion. And as we take communion, one of the things I like to do with my family, maybe you do it is, hey, what are you leaving with today? Maybe as you take communion, you say, what am I leaving with today? What's the Holy Spirit laying on my heart? And you can take communion to recognize that that Jesus gives us hope because he died and resurrected and forgives of our sins, that we have hope and that, as Jesus says, as he lives, so we will live too. And so you can take communion at any point of worship that you want, um, either by yourself or with family or with friends. And, and, um, but let's let the Holy Spirit just continue to speak to us now. Jesus, I'm so thankful. This week, I'm so thankful that I just thought, man, God isn't just for us. He's with us and in us. Why don't I live that way? Why do I live in a way that's like God's not in me? Why do I live in a way where I have access to all the power and wisdom and love that he's put in my heart, but yet I access things outside of myself to try to find hope or try to find peace? Jesus, I pray as a church that that we would truly be filled with your spirit and that we wouldn't let anything fill up our minds and our hearts but the truth of who you are and that we could hear you and be led by you this week. God, I pray that you would lead us, that we would be powerful this week in your name, that we'd be loving this week in your name, that we'd be self-disciplined in your name, Jesus, and that it would bring incredible peace, that people would look at us and say, who are you? because of the peace and love and joy that we have from being with you and doing life with you. We worship you now. Fill us, Lord, in your name. Amen. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. For more information or to get in contact with our pastoral staff, please go to go to accesschurch.com. 